It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, Qatar confiscates rainbow hats and an apparent crackdown on peaceful protests. Should World Cup fans respect local laws or risk their safety for gay rights? The UK Supreme Court prepares to rule on a second referendum on Scottish independence. Succession legend Brian Cox is here to debate secession. Plus, ISIS bride Shamima Begum launches another bid to return to the UK. Britain's spy chief says she knew exactly what she was doing. Is she a terrorist or a victim? From London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Good evening from London and welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Qatar is not a democracy. Migrant workers there are treated badly. Gay rights and women's rights are sorely lacking by Western standards. Sexual freedom is limited. These are all facts about Qatar. But there are also facts about Russia, which hosted the last World Cup, and there are facts about China, which staged the Winter Olympics just nine months ago. There are controversies almost everywhere that any major sporting event takes place. Unless the World Cup rotates endlessly between Switzerland, Sweden and Finland there's always going to be a problem. Well, today's controversy is the apparent crackdown on a handful of fans wearing rainbow hats and T-shirts in support of gay rights. Wales Ambassador Laura McAllister said this. When we got through security, um, some of the security guards said that um, we had to take the hat off. When I asked them why, they said because it was a banned symbol and that we weren't allowed to wear it in the stadium. And... um, I pointed out that FIFA had made lots of comments about supporting LGBT rights in this tournament. It's a modest protest, and frankly, it's a cause that I obviously support. But what were they expecting? Qatar warned as far back as April that they confiscate rainbow flags, partly over concerns that local people might react angrily. And while FIFA says rainbow symbols are okay inside stadiums, they don't run the country. Qatar has opened its house to the world, and for the most part, all fans appear to be welcome. But when you're in someone else's house, it's polite to respect their rules, even if you don't agree with them. If this so-called crackdown turns nasty, I'll be the first to call it out. Right now, it looks like another version of the same argument we've been having for months, in fact, years, about this Qatar World Cup. It shouldn't be left to fans to take the heat for protests when the players themselves are bottling it over the threat of a yellow card. Home advantage is already having a weird and wonderful impact, though, on the first ever Middle Eastern World Cup. Qatar's neighbours, Saudi Arabia stunned the world today by beating hot favourite Argentina, leaving a certain Lionel Messi looking less than chuffed. England could face Argentina in the next round if they make it. So never mind respecting local customs. We might be calling them for some tactical advice. And the sight of thousands of Saudi fans celebrating outside the stadium is a reminder of what this is supposed to be about. 
They're not Muslims or Middle Easterns or politicians. They're just actually football fans in this scenario, celebrating like the rest of us would. Well, joining me now is political activist Ash Sarkar, who disagrees with everything I've just said. Good evening to you. Good evening. Well, I only uh, disagree with some of it, not all of it. So, look, I put, here's my problem. It's not that I think that Qatar has an exemplary record on human rights. They don't. My problem is once you put the human rights halo on about where you stage a World Cup, I'm not sure where you end up staging it. You can't have it in Africa. You can't have it in the Middle East. You can't have it in India. You can't have it in China. I'm not sure you could have it in America, given their draconian rules, for example, about abortion, which are very offensive to many other countries outside America. In other words, if you, if you start to be too saintly about it, I'm not sure you can end up having a World Cup. Well, I think if you take that logic too far, it means you end up drawing a line absolutely nowhere. And I think that both of us would agree that you draw a line somewhere and what we're disputing is where you do it. Can I ask you a really quick question? Sure. Back in the 1980s, mm -hmm. did you support the boycott of apartheid South Africa? Yes. Yes. And, and can you tell me why you supported that boycott? Uh, because I felt that apartheid South Africa was based on pure racism and discrimination. And you're going to say to me now, OK, what's the difference between that and the way Qatar no, treats gay people? No, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying what's the difference. The thing I'm saying is that at that time in the 1980s, mm. I mean, I was barely twinkling my father's eye at that point, yeah, but yeah. so my mother tells me, is that when you were outside of Barclays, encouraging Barclays, you know, to divest from South mm. Africa and for people not to bank with Barclays, or when you were saying, hang on, the cricket team or the rugby team or the football team shouldn't do sporting tours in South Africa, South Africa, mm. people would go, well, hang on, there's so many other countries with terrible human rights records. Why aren't you doing this about the Soviet Union? Why aren't you doing this mm -hmm. about China? You can say, why aren't you doing this about this country for practically any human rights issue you care to name? So for me, there's a case for people to boycott Qatar if that's what they want to do. I also think if that's what people wanted to do, they should have started organising Well, I agree. Look, I'm, I don't disagree with you. I think if you feel that strongly about it, don't go to Qatar. Right. And, and My problem is once they've got the World Cup, which they were awarded 12 years ago, once everybody's there, it's a football tournament. And I find the endless politics now is just getting in the way of what you, should be Did the, you support the, the Iranian players refusing to sing the national anthem? Absolutely. And using the press conference to yeah. shine a light on the conditions in Iran? That, to me, is moral courage, because they're doing it to their own country. They're making a stand where there is genuine oppression of women in that country right now. That's fine. My problem is with England, who basically said, with the Football Association's backing, we're going to wear these... We're not going to boycott it. We're going to wear these armbands supporting the LGBT community, and then they get threatened with a yellow card, and they all run a mile. You are not going to get me to disagree with you on that one because I thought it was frankly comical. Pathetic. Right? You have got this Iranian team who are putting their careers and their yeah. freedom, potentially even their lives in I danger agree. to stand with the protesters. I agree. You've got the England team saying, OK, well, we're not going to back down on our values. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, not a not a sporting punitive measure. I mean, it's, it's totally cowardly. Let me ask you so a question. So you're not going to get me, me to you... disagree with you there. OK, so we, we reached some points of consensus, but where would you stage a World Cup? I mean, the World Cup's the biggest sporting event in the world. Where would you be happy to see it staged? So the thing I would say is, rather than doing this pick and choose of countries, is how are the decisions well, made? Well, name one. Right, both me name and... Name one you'd be right, happy for it both, to be at. Both me and you, I think, could probably agree that FIFA is such a corrupt organisation yeah. that there are cartels out there going steady on yes. lads. that's not my question. And so the problem is, the problem is... I know, is that I've asked you a simple question. So, hear me out. Throughout FIFA's history, because of that corruption, states which want to launder its image... Yeah 
by having this proximity and association with sports have been able to do so. And mm. it goes back way before Qatar. It goes way back before the Russian World Cup. It goes back to, you know, I the think it's Argentina been corrupt since it started. 1978 World Cup. I so I think that you deal with this by going, well, let's clean up FIFA. Fine. And then I you agree can have you. some standards imposed. So you can but go, okay, we're only my... going to do it okay. in democracies. Don't be like a politician. You're ignoring my question. No, no, no. This Give is a real question. Give me one place in the world you'd be happy to see the World Cup hosted. Tottenham. Well, you're a Tottenham fan, I forgot that. I mean, that's even more heinous than anything you've discussed so far. But seriously, where would you host it? But for me, this isn't the point about would going, you be happy these are good countries, these are bad no, countries. But hang on, look, my point, my point is... My, my you're point missing, is... You're missing, I know your points, you made very forcefully. My point is, could we actually legitimately host it in England, given this moral criteria? England took part in the illegal invasion of Iraq in mm -hmm. 2003. That sparked nearly two decades of ISIS terrorism, mm -hmm. never mind anything else. Caused huge fury mm -hmm. in the Middle East. Uh, we saw last year when we hosted the European Championships how disgusting our fans, many of them, behaved at the final at Wembley. I was there. They were snorting coke, boozing, brawling, breaking in with no tickets, spreading COVID. Sounds was, like a great weekend. It was actually, it was disgusting to watch and dangerous and unpleasant. So, so, so my point is, who are we to you, actually lecture you, other countries about laws when we invade countries illegally? Who are we to lecture people about, for example, they say we can't drink beer inside stadiums when they've watched what happened at so Wembley? What, what you make here is a good point which is that there is no country whose, whose hands are clean. And I think there's a more important point here, which is that we can't expect football to do things that our government won't. When you look at yep. the amount of Qatari money, yep. which is sloshing around London, yes. the Sovereign Wealth Fund buying up Harrods, buying up billions Why shouldn't they? in property. Why shouldn't they be well, allowed think, to buy I Harrods? Think what, I think what we're going to end up with is Why the shouldn't same... they own Paris Saint-Germain football team? So I think we're going to end up in the same position as we did with Russian money, mm. which is when we allow regimes that we're dependent on for fossil fuels to then use our financial We get 20% of our gas from Qatar, apparently. I heard on Newsnight last night. Uh, I think it's 6% according to government documents, but... So a large what... chunk of gas comes from Qatar. Would you turn that off in principle now? Given the energy no, crisis, I would, in the country. Say, I would say so. We don't have to buy fossil fuels from Saudi Arabia or Qatar. Or would you, the would you UAE. turn off the gas thing? I would, no, I would say is we need to develop an economy which isn't right. reliant on imported fossil fuels. And for decades, we haven't done that. So, this is my point, which is we have these huge expectations of football to take stances that our governments won't. Yeah. If we don't want dirty money sloshing around the city of London, we need to tighten up our financial laws. I agree. If we don't want to be dependent on these countries, we need to focus on energy solvency. I agree, but let me come back. Our you have for five minutes now steadfastly declined to answer my question. Where would you host a World Cup that you consider morally pure enough to do it? I would say here's some criteria. Here's some criteria. You don't have a system of exploited labour, which means that thousands of workers die in constructing the infrastructure which is necessary. We don't for know the how many cup. workers have died. Right, we, know, we know the figure of 6,500 is deeply misleading because apparently that's the total number of migrant workers who've died over a 10 year period, and many of them would have died from natural causes in that time. So we don't so actually the, so know. So I'm, I'm not saying that so, and it's also maybe because, hundreds, and it's maybe because, thousands died. So do you, I'm just saying we don't actually so, know the reality. The, re the reason why we don't know the reality is because either the Qatari government hasn't bothered to count or won't release the real right, figures. Let me come back again to so my question. The thing I'm, the thing my question. I'm saying is... My question is this. We've got to host the World Cup so, somewhere. Do you agree with that? You're, I agree you're with a that. So where do we host it? So this is, again... Give what, me a what, country. Because what you're trying to do is... I'm, just I, asking, I love, I'm trying to ask love, you a simple question. I love question. watching your interviews, but it's getting a bit old hacks. This thing you do is you steer the interview down a blind alley and you go, answer this question. Actually, in interviews where I, I go, the interviewer, ask questions and you either choose to answer them or you what, do what you've done the what last five think, minutes, which is answer completely different questions. What if I think it's a stupid question? 
It couldn't be more pertinent. If you have a big problem... If you don't think think we should be hosting the World Cup in Qatar, where should we be hosting it? But I said there's no country with clean hands, but what you can do is develop some criteria... So you can't have the World Cup? With... with, But I'm not saying you have to have clean hands to host a World Cup. The thing I'm saying is you can have some... host it? We can have some criteria that we all agree on. We can have some criteria that we all agree on. Ash, give me a country. We can have criteria that we all agree on. I'll take any name. You'll take any name. I gave you Tottenham. There's 160 odd countries in the world. Give me one. I gave you Tottenham. The thing I'm saying Tottenham's is we can, a country. we can have some criteria that we all agree on. And what you can also do is have FIFA using their leverage. You don't leverage, want to ask it, Is using their leverage Let me get my problem. This to is improve a, conditions. This is the problem. Countries. It's all very well saying it's all terrible in Qatar and it was all terrible in Russia and it's terrible the Olympics are in China and it's terrible, 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 terrible. But my question is, well, where is it not terrible enough you know to what? have I the, think, the I think, thing? I think there are countries with better human rights records than Qatar. Give I me a country. Chile has better human rights records. You would have you would have the World Cup in Chile and that passed your moral smell test. Really? Have you read about Chile's human rights? Yes, I have. Really? Yeah, and I think think that Gabriel Boric is quite a good president. Wow, you think Chile is actually a good Okay, right. Why why, why don't you tell me something about Chile right now, which means that that would be a terrible country and is as bad as Qatar in terms of gay rights, in terms of workers' rights, in terms of women's rights. I named no, I played your silly game. I played your silly game. You've given me a name. And now what you're doing is you're like, you're doing what what you would have done had I said Iceland. You finally... You're going, how dare you, you, this country is absurd. I'm not. You didn't say Iceland. You would have been on safer territory. You've named because a country. I don't think that football only belongs to Europe. You've named a country in Chile which actually has a lot of human rights problems. You know that. I know that. So, Khan, talk to me. What country do you think should be... Is, makes, I'm what, perfectly what? happy with it being held in Qatar. I so, think it's so, out, so you think that I actually it, think it's outrageous that the Middle East has never had a World Cup, given how massive football is so in you, the Middle so East. You, so you think it's okay for FIFA to award, award the World Cup, which you and I both know means billions and billions of dollars of investment of trade links. Well, Qatar has spent two hundred billion dollars. So actually, on this case, that doesn't that's irrelevant. Knowing, knowing full well that. LGBT fans will be less safe than heterosexual There's fans. There's been no apparent right? persecution of any fans knowing, so far, right? If there is, I'm, I'm with you. Knowing, but at the moment, they've said that everyone knowing, will be tolerated. Knowing, and so far, it appears to be the case. Knowing the conditions for migrant workers there, because, you know, for many years during the There are many building, countries in the world with bad the, conditions had, for migrant had, workers. We know that. You had the um, kafala system legally in place. Right. It's not legally in place anymore, but the conditions haven't improved. So you're telling me you're perfectly comfortable with all of that. And instead of no, people no, going, hang I didn't on, say the condition... I said I'm perfectly comfortable with Qatar hosting the World Cup so in the instead, Middle East. Instead, yes. instead of FIFA... Because I think once you put the moral halo on about who can host a World Cup, as you've just discovered, you end up really struggling See, to find this, somewhere this, which passes the test. But this is why I think it's a stupid question. It's a very good question. Right? No, no, no. Because actually, you, you've got to have the World Cup somewhere. No, no, no of course you think it's a, a good question because you like asking silly questions. I just, you know, I'm a football fan. I just... I, today and I, I watched, t- today I watched Saudi Arabia, one of the minnows of world football, 50-odd in the world in football, Take down the favourites to win the competition, led by Lionel Messi. One of the greatest sporting upsets in history. And just today, I just would love to celebrate look, that. Look, I love football too, and it's not just because I get to see Ronaldo running around in shorts. How can you right? love football and support Tottenham? Listen, the two, this, things, the this, two things do not go hand in hand. This is going to be an even worse debate than the ones that we've You know what, I'm going to end the debate now. It's been a good debate. It's an interesting debate, and I'm not sure we've reached much clarity. But thank you for coming Ask in. a better question and we might. You, you support the wrong team. That's the problem. I, but I'll welcome my questions. Coming next tonight, Succession star Brian Thompson, why Scotland, he says, has never been more ready for independence.
Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. The UK Supreme Court will rule tomorrow on whether Scotland can hold a new independence referendum without the UK government's consent. Legendary actor Brian Cox is back in the hot seat here and has been one of the fiercest and most famous advocates for breaking up the union. Brian, good yes. evening. How are you? I'm good. Let me before we get and into. I actually, ironically, I don't want to break up the union, but I've got another idea for the union. Go on. United Federation. What, explain. Independent countries working in, in uh, I mean, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, and England, because mm. I think England uh, gets a lot of the tap end of the bath. Mm. I'm, a, I'm by nature an Anglophile. That's where I, I studied here in London, so I'm very disposed to that. What I just believe in is the independent states, uh, but we come together as a united federation. Is that not, not, a, is that not what the UK no, is supposed, it's to, not, supposed to be? It, but it's not, because too many decisions are made on behalf of, like, this major decision that's been made in Wales about this Chinese thing, mm. you know, whether it's supposed to be contentious, it, there's a, a dangerous element, they say, but the Welsh are getting no say in the matter, which mm. I think is really wrong. So I'm all for... I'm, I don't want to break up the, the union because it's, you know, we are the British Isles, but I want... My country, not just my country, mm. I want Wales, Scotland and England to be independent. But also interesting, we had a lot of debate, obviously, about whether to leave the European Union. And a recent survey this week in YouGov says now only 32% of Britons now think it was the right thing to do to leave. 56% think it was wrong. That's a massive shift. Absolutely. But that, well, that was so corrupt. I mean, so rotten, the whole thing of... And we, Scotland, voted 62% to stay. In yes, the I know. But does that not give you pause for thought about leaving no, a collective I, entity, which yeah, brings but, with it at least you know, strength in numbers, is yes, the argument. But, but the north of England, in, who have been systematically ignored time and time again, have, have, are getting, you know, they're well cheesed off about the fact that they don't have enough say in their life, you know. And you think of the great things that Andy Burnham's doing in, in Manchester, for example. Mm. And I'm all, I'm all for, I'm all for uh, the, the England expressing themselves in the same way that Scotland does. Mm. And that we come together in a proper federation where we contribute. We don't do that now because the rules are all set down here. And the problem, I think, if I was Scottish right now, given the utter fiasco of the way this government has behaved in mm. the last six months alone, mm -hmm. from Boris well, we Johnson... we both agree upon Well, we, we went on question time well, and we did. E equally rage, but <laughs> equally it, it has been completely shameful that we've had these three prime ministers now, Boris Johnson, total shambles, with all the nonsense he got up to, Liz Truss, unbelievably, for that short 44 days, even worse, tanking mm. the economy, tanking the pound, tanking everything, and now we're picking up the pieces. And now Rishi Sunak has to try and repair all the damage. But if I'm Scottish looking at all this, I'm thinking, look at these London politicians behaving like reckless casino owners mm -hmm. with our money, and we have no real say over what these people are doing. That's my point. You've just made my point. Well, I agree, but I see that's where I have sympathy. No, that's, that's the whole point. But the problem is that we... Are, that systematically again and again and again we'll have those guys mm. and those gals making those decisions. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in the next election. I suppose that uh, probably Labour will get in. But we need vision. We need real vision. And those creatures were just who do you see out? Who do you see out there that you think is actually an impressive politician who might have a vision? Well... I believe in Nicola Sturgeon. Do you? I, I do. Yes, I do. I think, the, and they've had a lot of problems up there. You're right. Don't 
get me wrong, they've had a lot of problems. But I do trust Nicola. I think she's the genuine article. I mean, I've got to say, in her credit, she's always faced the music. You know, I've done many interviews with her, often yeah. quite hostile. She always comes back. She doesn't duck interviews no, like Boris did for so many years. Yeah. Um, she's divisive, but she certainly has what I would call leadership skills. Exactly. And she's a great leader, and I think she will lead us. And But as I say, Piers, and I really mean this, and people say, oh, you go on about in independent Scotland. I'm interested in, in the, the countries in this country, and mm. this kingdom, so-called mm. United Kingdom, being separate, being individual. Being... So completely autonomous, but, but they also are part of a federation. Exactly. That's exactly what I feel. But in the all... federation, I mean, who would have any power in that? Would it be equal power? No, it would be equal power and there'd be, there would be... What would the know... federation decide that the independent, autonomous countries couldn't decide for themselves? Well, they, well, most of the stuff to, domestically they mm. could decide for themselves. But when it comes to the interchange with each each country, then they would have to come to some kind of agreement. It, it won't be easy, but it never is. What do you do, for example, about currency? Because you wouldn't, it would take you years to go back into the EU, which yeah. is still, I think, what more Scots would prefer to yeah. do, but it would take years to facilitate. Well, I'm, I'm, the Bank I'm, of England have said if you leave the UK, you can't have the pound. So mm -hmm. what do you do? At a practical level, what do you do? Well, it's a, it's a thing that one has to... In, encompass we, you know you're gonna to have to deal with it one way or the other but then again we didn't go euro uh we kept the pound uh during this whole situation so we we never made that we, we never made that transition mm. i don't know what would happen in terms of but then if we had a united federation we would come to some decision on that very subject mm. that's what we and what would about do. what about the border because we've had this nightmare from brexit of northern ireland and what to do with it there's this belief that if Scotland really wants independence, you've got to re sort of rebuild Hadrian's Wall. Are you going to be standing there with no, your marauding armour, no, fending no, off the no, no, invading no, that's, English? No, that's... A new William Wallace? He got a bit of Wallace, I uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> I actually played William Wallace on <laughs> television 100 years ago. Perfect cast. Uh, but no, I think that... But what do you do? Practi again, practical level, what do you do about a border if you are a genuine independent well, country? Well, how do you deal with a border between Belgium and France? How do you deal with a Belgium between France and Spain? Would you, you have know? a physical border? You would just have the border. It would be there, you know, it would be at Hadrian's Wall, mm. which is a natural border. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, what, when you go up to Scotland, what's the mood about, would you say, because the polls at the moment do not see a majority in any of the polls for wanting to have an independent Scotland, or indeed another referendum. So why, why do you believe you're nearer to it now than you were? Well, I just think because, um, and certainly in Scotland's, uh, you know, I mean, it changes daily, you know, because there's always... And the Scots are notoriously contentious. They mm. can be very contentious in Scotland. I know because I am one. Mm. Uh, I was watching Peter Capaldi the other night, and he said, the great gift of my family was family and sarcasm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's very true. Sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> uh, no, my question is, the mood, what, what is it about the mood in Scotland, do you think, which makes you think the polls are wrong? Well, like People said, do want to have I, I think, a genuine independent country. Because we've seen what's happened recently, mm. which has been pretty horrific, mm. with Johnson, mm. uh, you know, Truss, very briefly. Was there, did, did somebody else come in? Well, it's now mm. Richie Sunak, you know. So, and that party has just gone from worse to worse mm. to worse to worse to worse. Mm. So we don't want any truck with that. We, we're constant. We're like, we're like Blanche de Bois. We're always depending on the kindness of strangers. Mm. And in a way, we just need to be 
able to form. And also it's to do with culturally who we are. Mm. You know, we're culturally different. We're not the same. Mm. And, you know, when I grew up in Scotland, it was North Britain. And that, the, the great thing about Scotland, and, and, the, and the, the SNP party was regarded as a joke, mm. but they have moved towards, you see, why I joined, why I became part of a, 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 you know, Scottish, I don't like the word nationalist, I've never liked mm. the word national, but I believe in Scottish independence. Nationalist is too contentious a word for me. But when Blair made the whole fiasco, which we're still suffering from in the Middle East, mm. and he got into bed with, you know, uh, Cheney and Rumsfeld and the puppet, as he was really, uh, Bush, and, uh, and Halliburton and oil. I just thought it's so obvious that this is a corrupt thing that's yeah. happening and we should not be part of it. Yeah. Now, in Scotland, we would say, no, we're not going to do that. But, of course, we have no power. We had no power to make any opinion. And I was a Labour man for a long mm. time and I'm still a socialist in principle. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that's why I think we have to come back to ourselves. It was interesting. I mean, you brought up Iraq. I was editor of the Daily Mirror. We opposed the Iraq war. We lost the campaign, sadly. But when you look at this furore in Qatar, what, what do you make of it? Because my well, argument is that I'm not sure we are morally pure enough here to really be talking to the Qataris about how their laws are or anything else. Well, I think to a certain extent you're right. But I also think that... Uh, I think what's happening, you know, we, let's look at Iran mm. and let's look at what's happening in Iran where there's a, there's a sort of possible female revolution right. and it's being led by women. Right. See, I do think the patriarchy is over mm. and I think the, we need to give these women the, the rights that they deserve and we haven't done it. Mm. And I think that goes for most of the Middle Eastern nations, but that's also to do with religion. We don't go into that, but I, certainly these women need to be freed up in a way that they're not being freed up. How would Logan, now, how, no, how would Logan Roy react to the well, patriarchy being he over? Would, he would do something else. Because <laughs> he's, 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 but I also think, going back to the question of Qatar, yeah. uh, that should have been dealt with a long time ago. I mean, yeah. Sepp Blatter has already admitted it was a corrupt thing. Yeah. So we know it was corrupt, but they should have dealt with it a long time ago, mm. not now. This is not the point. But see, when I had that debate before I spoke to you with Arsaka, I mean, when you actually do try and work out where is morally pure enough to have a World Cup... Iceland. Right. I mean, you're pretty much in Iceland every year, right? Yeah. And even there, if we dug deep enough with all the world's journalists, you'd probably find all sorts of problems there. Well, my point, my really. point being that it's tricky, right? You can't just obviously have it in Iceland every year. Middle well, you e could. Well, it's not every year, it's every four years. But I why shouldn't the Middle East have a World Cup? Well, no, I think they should have a World Cup, but there's a lot of stuff that's gone on. I mean, the Saudis beat Argentina yeah, yesterday. Incredible. But then think of what the Saudis did to that journalist in Turkey. Of course. Exactly. So they're, you know... They're but is not... that any more morally repugnant than us illegally invading Iraq? Well, we haven't done that kind of thing. We haven't actually... Well, we illegally invaded a sovereign country we and a million did, people died. That's what we did. We did it. I mean, I'm not sure there's a moral di difference, to be honest. Yeah, but, uh, but just because there wasn't a moral difference doesn't mean to say you have to not abandon that issue and just saying perhaps there needs to be a bit of morality in dealing with things. Let's take a short break. I want to come back. You're a Manchester United fan. I am. And you saw the Ronaldo interview? I did. Great I'm gonna, interview. I'm going to get your reaction to Ronaldo after the break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Brian Cox is still with me. Brian, you're a Man United fan, the biggest star arguably United's ever had. Cristiano Ronaldo went public in this big interview with me. Let's just have a reminder of some of the things he said. They're trying to force you out, you guess. Not only the coach, but the other two or three guys there around the club. At the uh, senior executive level. Yes, that I felt betrayed. I don't know what's going on, but since, since the... Um, Sir Alex Ferguson left, I saw not evolution in the club. The progress was zero. The Glazers, they don't, they don't care about, about the club. The empathy with the coach is not good. I'm, I'm, I'm honest. You don't have a good relationship with him? I'm not mean good relationship. Do you think he respects you? I think he don't. He don't respect the way I should deserve. Well, you must have been worried sick. I mean, you. I was very worried. You lost your baby son, and now your baby daughter's in hospital. Exactly. Kind of that didn't believe that something going wrong, which is, is make me feel bad. Really? Yes, I. Yes. I didn't believe you. They believe you, but in the same way, they are. Their piece ever gonna change uh, the health of my family for the football? Never. Cristiano Ronaldo, that, that interview has now been viewed 15 million times on our YouTube uh, channel. 45 million more views of the clips on social media, making it one of the biggest, most watched interviews in history, certainly for sport. What did you make of it, Brian? I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, United legend, torching really the club. Um, what did you think? Well, I think it's... <clears throat> I can see where he's coming from. But I, he also has to understand that it is not Alec Ferguson anymore. Mm. It's not that united. And I could see that there was probably a great sentimental movement to go back to the club where he really began, where it all began. And, and Alex, well, you know, there's nobody, there's nobody like Alex Ferguson. And Alex persuaded him. And Alex persuaded him to yeah. come back. Yeah. Well, thinking, well, Alan's, well, naturally, because Alex loves the club. Mm. He's trying to keep the club. But the club has gone through many, so many changes mm. in the last few years. Now, playing for Juventus and playing for Real Madrid, and their clubs have been in, in an incredible... They haven't stopped. They're mm. just the top of the league. Manchester United has not been playing well mm. over the last few years, but it's beginning to get its, its mojo back. And I think it's... Unfortunate that this has happened, and I, is he entitled to speak out? Do you think? Well, of course he's entitled to speak out, but but, but also he, one has to examine exactly where he's coming from, mm. and I think he's coming from a place where he's saying, you know, I I wanted to go back to a beginning. I wanted to go back to that glory days that, that where mm. when I was a young boy, and I understand. He said that. his heart ruled his head to his a degree. His heart ruled his head to a degree, and in a sense. That's going to be difficult, and a manager who's trying to create a new club, and there's going to be a clash. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's quite tragic, actually, mm. and it's tragic for him, but it's also tragic for the club. Yeah. You know, and I think the club has to be given a break on this. I mean, I, I, I do think it's hard. It's clearly hard because his expectation must have been huge. And especially if Alex persuaded him to go back, yeah. I mean, that must have been a huge thing. But he's been disappointed. Mm. And you can't take away his disappointment. 
because it is not the same club that he was at all those years ago. Right. And it's have been, you ever had a situation in your career when you've been tempted to walk out? Have you walked out of a, a, a show, a play, a TV show, anything like that? No, no, I just, I, I'm clever enough to avoid going into those mm. situations. Have you seen people do it? Yeah, I've seen people walk away, you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, I've understood why they do it. And it's, it's usually complex reasons. I mean, I did it, actually. Well, well yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did it because, actually, when I listened to Ronaldo, I sort of thought, yeah, it, was, it actually comes down to respect. I think it doesn't matter what the job is, if you actually feel disrespected in your workplace. That's right. And you feel you're being forced down an alleyway you don't want to go down. I actually think there's a certain merit in just saying, actually, it's not for me. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and I think that's maybe. I mean, that this. I mean, I'm glad the interviews had the, the, the coverage that it's had in terms of. I mean, amazing. 15 million is quite incredible. Mm. But at the same time, I'm going. Uh, it, it's rather sad that that's the view you're going to get because, you know, I think, and certainly with his kids and with his mm. family and. You know, going back to Manchester is a difficult thing. I think losing the baby in the tragedy with the twins and one died and one lived, that's got to really no, get that to really any matters. human being. And, and so also, I think he wanted a bit more of an arm wrap. Yeah, you know? and, he, and he, he didn't get it. Yeah. And, and that's... It's, it it's, may it's, just really be as simple as that. Yeah. Um, talking of arm wraps, extraordinary series you've got on Channel 5, How the Other Half Live, both rich but particularly pertinently, I thought, the poor. And you went down for this series... You went to, to food banks. I want to show a little clip first and ask you about this. Well, actually... No. I come here every Friday so that I can feed my son over the weekend. We're working part-time and we still can't afford still anything. Can't afford yeah. My electricity has gone up from £44 a month to £170 a month. That's astronomical. It really is hard going, it really is. We prioritise our children and go without, and I think that's what all adults and parents are doing just now, really, isn't it? It's shocking. Her Dundee's gone pretty much full circle, getting back to the poverty I saw as a kid. It's extremely painful, this stuff. You know, it's painful for anybody. If you've got any sensibility at all, this stuff is f painful. So they weren't, you just corrected me there, they weren't food banks, they're no, called community larders. Explain well, the, the distinction. Well, the difference is what people feel about food banks is loss of dignity. Yeah. And the one thing that human beings have, even when they don't have any money, mm. is some kind of dignity, some kind of feeling of who, well-being of who they are. And what the community larder does is it charges the minimal, but it means you're paying for something. So there's a transaction. You're not being given it. You're not being out. given it. And it's not begging, because a lot of mm. being in food banks feels like begging. And the fact that they're being constantly legitimised is really irksome to me. But this community ladder run by these two amazing women who, who actually ran a playgroup, mm. and it was out of a playgroup they decided to go on to this. And people like Little, Morrisons, they give stuff which is coming up to its sell-by date that then they can tap on. And the thing that you don't see in the programme, which is one of my uh, angers with my editors in that... Anyway, that's neither here mm. nor there. But the thing you don't see is a guy who came in at the community ladder, he was called Peter Leet. He came in and uh, he was a frail man with a stick and he had a sign on his arm. And I said, so you do this for your family? And he said, no, no, I do it for people who can't get here. It was 15 people he did it for, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. He said, I do it for them. He said, and I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, that's amazing. He said, I do sort of five a week. I do different groups, you know, people who can't, older people who can't get down from the high rises. I said, that's, that's extraordinary. And I said, so what's this sign? He said, I'm blind. 
And I, I just almost fell off my chair. I just thought... But you got quite tearful, actually. I, I did. I did, because I just thought, the heroism of this guy, and this guy's a real hero, and I just thought... Wow, you know, this man has really given something of his life to this, to this horrible situation and trying to make it better for other so people. So many people in this country, in the whole of the UK, are now literally on the, the poverty Yeah. Level. And it's probably going to get worse before oh, it gets any better. 11% inflation, this energy crisis, the war in Ukraine, all these things conspiring, the fallout from the pandemic. You saw at the sharp end. I mean, you yeah. went back to, you, to your hometown and you were horrified by what you found. What do we do about this? It's a big question. It's a big issue. I think, well, I think independence would help. Do you? I do. In Scotland's case? I, certainly in Scotland's case, but I also think elsewhere it would help. I mean, it would only, only help if the economy yeah, was revived. That's right. And, and many need, economists think that Scottish independence would be bad for the Scottish economy. No, well, I, I would argue with that, but I haven't got the time mm. to do that here. But no, I mean, I just, I, I, I feel that it, it, we're going from bad to worse. But, we, but we've, again and again and again, we have neglected our own. Mm. And it's suddenly a bad time now when everything is against us, the cost of living crisis, what have you, the, you know, the war, the, you know, the, 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 the pandemic, what the pandemic has done. But even so, their lives haven't changed. Mm. The budget didn't help them, those people, and it never does. Mm. It never does. Mm. It never looks to the poorest. We don't concern ourselves with that. They're an embarrassment. Let's put them over there. But now, and why I wanted to do this program was to bring it to the fore and say, these people matter, mm. and we have to do something about it. We have to have some attitude that we haven't got, that we've kind of elbowed so long for too long, actually, and that's what I feel. It's powerful stuff, and I, I commend people to watch it, How the Other Half Live on Channel 5. Can't let you go without asking you about Succession, one of my favourite shows ever in the history of television. You've got a new series coming, mm -hmm. coming in the new year. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me anything or do you have to shoot me? Piers, I don't have a gun. <laughs> but if I did, <laughs> you'd have to be shot. Is Logan Roy in Series 6? Well, there isn't Series 6. We're only Series 4. I know. That's a trick question. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, what, let's see what happens. I mean, Jeff, In other words, does he survive this series? Well, It's yeah. four you're doing now, so it's BBC. Right, yeah, he'll survive this series. Yeah. No, there'll be no problem about that. There's no that. death to be after. No, 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 none of that. No, that's, all, that's all speculation and nonsense. No, I mean, there's a lot to be dealt with in terms of who's going to take over, and there's a lot to be dealt with in terms of the writers and yeah. where they can go with it. See, the great thing about Jesse Armstrong is he doesn't stay too long at the fair. Right. Because each season has topped the last season. Mm. So we have to keep talking. It reminds me of Aaron Sorkin on The West Wing, where the first four seasons were fantastic. Then he left and the writing collapsed and the whole thing... And that's what we don't want to happen. Yeah. Would you yeah. rather end on a high? I would rather end on a high. Yeah. You know, and Leave them wanting more, not less. Yes. And, uh, well, you know, there's an, I mean, I'm, no names, no pacto, but there's a show called Billions, you know, and uh, Damien Lewis left, yeah. and they're still going on with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But it's... it's Over-egging the souffle, that's what I would bit, call. A wee bit. How many times a day do you get told to tell people to F off? Uh, all the time. Like a dozen times oh, a day? Oh, I was at the Scottish Baptist last night, and it was I couldn't get away from people... <laughs> And of course, it's, as I said before, it's the, it's the, it's the best thing to tell people. Yes. Because when you're fed up with them, you go, oh, you yeah, know. <laughs> you can say it. We'll bleep you. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
Don't bother me anymore. Just <laughs> the <laughs> f- off. And finally, as a Scot, who do you most want to win the World Cup, England or Wales? Um, or somebody else? Uh, I have to reserve judgment on that. Oh, come on, no, Tom. No, Just get no, off the I'm, fence. No, no, I'm not. I can't do that. Well, do, do you want England to beat, say, United no, I States? No, think, I think I, I'd like to see England do well because yeah. I think he's done a great job. Southgate. Yeah, I think he's really done a great job. And there's some great players. We've got a few good Arsenal players in there. Yeah, well, you must Saka. Saka, what a player. Tremendous. I was Tremendous. worried about him because he got... Uh, a couple of games ago, they, they took his legs from him. And I yeah, thought, no, oh, he's, God. He's made a tough stuff at Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, Brian, brilliant to see you. Well, coming next, we'll debate uh, this theory, that Harry and Meghan are not a pair of shameless little grifters who ditched Britain and royal duty, but are, in fact, heroes worthy of an award from the Robert F. Kennedy Foundation. We'll debate that with the pack. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. It's official. Uh, Harry and Meghan are heroes. We've got it all wrong. They've been given a Human Rights Award for their heroic stand against structural racism in the British monarchy. The award is called the Ripple of Hope, awarded by the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Organisation. That's the same Bobby Kennedy who was a genuine hero. Well, I'm joined now by Talk TV contributor Paula Ron Adrian, Talk TV presenter Richard Tice, political commentator Jenny Cleman. All right, Jenny. Heroes, apparently, um, for trashing their families on national television repeatedly, and they're about to do it again in the documentary series, about to do it again in Harry's book, for trashing their families with unsubstantiated smears about being cruel and racist and so on. They're heroes, and they're literally being put on the same pedestal at this Robert F. Kennedy Foundation Awards Night in December with Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, saving his people almost single-handedly in terms of his morale boosting from, uh, from the hordes from Russia. I have think, I, sorry, have I gone nuts? Is this, is this happening? I think this is a pretty strange award. I looked it up on my way here. It's even broken you. The MC is Alec Baldwin. Who's facing potential exactly. criminal so charges I would have to say, after he shot somebody. Exactly. So I'd say this is a pretty strange event. It's a pretty strange award. It's got a fancy name on it. I think what this shows is two things. One, how awards don't really mean very much because they can be quite strange and you never know who's on the panel judging you. The other thing is, I think, you know, they're seen differently in America to how they're seen here. Um, I know I've been in America. There's a lot more sympathy for Meghan than there is Actually, it's a lot less than there used to be even there. A lot less than there used to be. I think the liberal elite like to buy them with these awards because they get huge attention. I mean, Richard, isn't this really the worst aspect of celebrity, which is they've made themselves famous with all the trashing they've been doing? And as a result, the liberal elite in America want to be associated with them because they'll get huge publicity for their events. But it's worse than that, Piers, because actually we now know, and you identified it early doors, that the accusations that she levelled against the royal family were false. Yes. And so they'd be given an award, an award for something that is basically false, and therefore, in my view, the award itself is fraudulent. I completely agree. And and the worst thing, Paula, about this, Robert Kennedy was a genuine hero. I mean, he fought so hard for civil rights against poverty, against the Vietnam War. He worked alongside Dr Martin Luther King till they both got assassinated. This is real heroism that he was up to. For this foundation, and this is one of his daughters Mm. who runs it, Kerry Kennedy, Mm. I think it's completely shameless and shameful. Can I start by saying that, yes, you're right, you have lost your mind. This is about an institution 
a very renowned institution that has decided to give an award to two people who they think are deserving. They have their own policies and procedures and practices in place which they have considered and tested and decided that Harry and Meghan deserve this award. Now, yeah, why don't they deserve this award? Manure. They the whole thing. Who says they don't deserve the award? Uh, you say they don't deserve the award. For taking the on structural racism in the royal that family. That exists. Really? Where? That exists. Where? And where we say that it's not been proven yet, of course, we know how difficult it is to deal with the issue of racism. We know how much harder it is to deal with the fact that we're talking about an institution. She said that their son had not been made a prince because of his skin colour. Completely untrue. Absolute lie. She also said that several times a member of the royal family expressed concern about the skin colour of their child, and then Harry said it happened once two years previously. They couldn't even get the story right, and they've never named who that person is. I've even been told by one person it wasn't even a member of the royal family. Yet the whole family gets smeared as a bunch of callous racists. I don't, I don't think that's actually right. I think what's right. happened is that they have raised the issue of racism and they have made the British public, they've made the institution that is the royal family confront the issue of racism. No, they haven't. They've, and, they and have fraudulently that, accused the royal family of being a bunch of callous racists. And there's no where evidence. Where does the issue of fraud come into where this? Where is the evidence of the, the racism? Where does the issue of fraud come into this? They are speaking the about of them their being racist? truth. And they are saying to you, we have suffered this. What's their truth? There's either the truth there's or no the truth. There's no their truth is such, that's another ridiculous phrase. You see, my truth. What's my truth? Your truth is truth lived is experience. No, it's lived not. Experience. No, it's not and lived the experience. Fact that you are getting so angry about this yes. is how is how we feel. We, as I'm talking about members members of the community who've suffered racism, right. it's so hard to express that lived experience. It's so hard to express that truth because we're they not haven't believed. had any lived experience. What we're told is is that we're being fraudulent in when we're expressing that. So lived why aren't experience. you as angry as I am about these two? people who've, who've issued untrue statements about racism that have not been proven and have now got some people in America thinking the royal family is a bunch of racists. You can't have an untruth statement that's not been proven. It's their truth. Well, and I appreciate... Well, their I truth appreciate, is meaningless. And I appreciate there's been no tribunal of well, fact. Is that me saying... All right, it's like I me saying... I appreciate that. Me saying, I, I think you are a deeply unpleasant piece of work, right? I think you're a well-known cocaine abuser. You're not, as far as I'm aware, right? <laughs> um, but it's my truth. I believe yes. that. Yes. So because I believe it, that's it. You must now, unfortunately, be saddled with the reputation of being no. a drug abuser. No. What I do you would, say to me? I would challenge that. It's my truth. I would challenge. I don't care that. if you're challenging me. It's I my would truth. Challenge it. And it's I would, my truth. And I would. Ask, my lived experiences. I, would, I think you are. I would challenge that. My lived and experiences. What, I Harry, think you are. what Harry and Meghan have done at every opportunity that they've got, they challenged it and they challenged it through <laughs> the courts and they were successful. Challenge what? So in terms no, they of haven't. they haven't. They've sued newspapers and stories. They've not challenged if, anything about the racism. So when they've had an opportunity, as I've said, to challenge. Um, accusations that have been levied at them in the press, they've taken that. They've challenged right. it. So Look, where is move... your challenge, Piers? My where challenge is, is I challenge? think they're telling a pack it's of lies. Shout, and... It's to shout abuse and to call them frauds. It, no, no, it's it, not. It, I it, think they it, are frauds. Let's say we agree to disagree. It's not proven. Let's say that actually it might have happened, it might not. The last thing you do for some award ceremony, for such an esteemed foundation as this, is to make your decision when it hasn't been proven. Right. You know, they should have waited and waited... And in the horrific instance that it was proven, that's a whole different ball. Let's see the evidence. Um, let's move on to Shamima Begum. So I've got quite a strong view about this. I mm -hmm. think she knew exactly what she was doing. She went out, she had three kids with an ISIS terrorist who was chopping people's heads off. No sympathy. You made your bed with a terrorist. You lie in it. That's it. I just completely disagree with you. I think this is 
open and shut case of trafficking. She's 15 years old. We accept that the uh, girls in Rotherham and Rochdale, when they were 15 Absolutely. years old, didn't know uh, what was going on, didn't know what was happening to them. You cannot make decisions when you're 15 years old where you understand the enormous lifelong consequences. When I was 15 years old, I was very smart. I was doing very well at school. I'm sure that if somebody said to me, you know, I could run away with a rock band, I probably would have done that as, as well. Richard Tice. No, look, I think there's two issues here. It seems to me this is a very clever lawyer who's looking at what's the single way of, of, of getting uh, Begum back into the country. But here's the thing. Actually, we have to set an example and we have to say to people, this is a national security threat. And if you go overseas it, to, to join terrorist groups, you are not going to be welcome or able to... I wouldn't trust her as far as I could throw her. Why should I trust yeah, her? You have to set an example. She was a 15-year-old child. She wasn't just, by the end. She was nearly 20. add to what Jenny has said? They weren't actually believed at first. It took years and years for that process. But we've got to that point where they process. are. And exactly. why should we suddenly suspend and the growth that, that, we, that we've done? She knew what she was doing. Here's the difference. She knew exactly what her husband was doing. He was she a terrorist had been killing people. Groomed peers. She had been groomed. And so her reality is very different from the You're reality of the You're a very forgiving person, outside. aren't you, Paul? <laughs> you you have really to see be. the best in all these you people. Have to ISIS, be. terror brides. That's how we are going to grow. People dishing the dirt on our royals. That's how we grow. No, we have to set an example. Not of children. You, you're not coming back to this country set the if you join terrorist here. groups. All right, would you let her back? Yes or no? No. You would? Yes. You would. Of course. Can we have you running the country, please? Thank you to my pack for tonight. That's it from me. Whatever you're up to, keep it uncensored. Good night. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.